You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in on a Tuesday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to ahead on today's show. We're going to talk about an interesting perspective on BYU and Utah squaring off potentially Thanksgiving weekend. A very interesting article sent to me. I also saw it on social media from Ryan Costeca over there at Sports Illustrated. We'll examine that. Also answering your questions today. It's a hashtag Twitter Tuesday on the podcast. You guys send in questions. I may or may not have accurate answers. We'll find out. And a lot more to get to on today's show, catching up on everything going on in BYU Sports News. So a lot to get to. Without further ado, let's break into it here. Quick reminder, though, real quick, that today's show is brought to you in part by our good friends at Built Go. We'll tell you a little bit more about that company here in just a little while. All right, without further ado, no more of the rundown. Let's actually get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for November 17th. 2020. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Uh, First things first, uh, today's show is going to be a very interesting one because a lot of hypotheticals and a lot of questions to be answered. But I think the biggest one out there for most people is, Based on what we talked about on yesterday's show, the Pac-12, Merton Hanks, the Pac-12's Associate Commissioner for Football Operations, saying certainly we'll likely take a look or some such about potential non-conference matchups for teams inside that conference. And that seems tailor-made to what BYU is trying to do. And Ryan Kosteka from Utah Utes a Sports Illustrated site does a great job, actually, by the way. And I know the guys at Casey Lundquist do the BYU side of things, but Ryan Kosteka does a fantastic job on all Utes and wrote a great piece uh, published yesterday afternoon. And the headline is, Could Utah Football and BYU Square Off on the Field This Season? Question mark. I think this was a valid question, and Ryan brings up a very compelling case about why BYU and Utah potentially could match up on Thanksgiving weekend, as if it was meant to be, folks. We all remember, if you're of a certain age, back to the days when BYU was in the WAC and the Mountain West with the University of Utah, and they played Thanksgiving weekend. It was just a traditional annual thing that we all got ready for the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It was the Holy war red versus blue. I like to call it the church and state rivalry. You can call it whatever you will, but I looked forward to that each year and I miss it plain and simple. A couple years back when BYU and Utah did play at the end of the season, it was a great, great matchup. It was good to see those two traditional rivals squaring off once again. And Ryan Costeca makes a very good point here. And let's be clear. Ryan's a Ute. He covers the university of Utah He's writing this from the Utah perspective, but it's a very, very valid argument. And let me break it down here. I'll make sure to tag this in the show notes if you'd like to read the entirety of it, because I think Ryan does a fantastic job breaking down how it would have to go about to get this game on to the docket. But I think if at all possible, BYU should pursue something like this. I said it on yesterday's podcast. 
any and all opportunities to take on a Pac-12 team should be followed up on just to see if they're a viable option because I think that BYU would be happy to have at least another game on the schedule just to keep themselves sharp. And I know that there's a lot to be argued that if you lose that game, you're in trouble. And we'll get to a question about that here in just a minute. But first things first, Ryan Kostecker wrote that what if those Thanksgiving talks were all a prelude to Utah and BYU facing off at Rice-Eccles Stadium on Saturday, November 28th? And he says it's entirely possible that Utah and BYU meet on the football field due to the due, on the Saturday after Thanksgiving due to unforeseen circumstances and the idea that and the idea of the teams actually wanting to play one another. He said here's why. First things first, he writes number one scheduling issues. Utah is currently slated to travel to Arizona State that weekend. Right now, though, Arizona State is having a massive, and I mean massive, outbreak inside their program. Upwards of 20 players and staff members who have tested positive for COVID-19. And you just imagine that if you have all those players testing positive, think about all the contact tracing that's going on with who they have been in close quarters with, which would I think would be a lot of Utah, Arizona State football players, not Utah, a lot of Arizona State football players in contact tracing. Utah has had their own issues. The hope is that Utah can play this coming Saturday against USC, obviously, and you'd like to see them get out on the field. But if everything goes like it's going, and Ryan's not the first one to point this out. PK uh, Patrick Kinahan, who I work with in my day job for the Zone Sports Network, he pointed out that he really doesn't think that Arizona State's going to be able to play that game against Utah. He just thinks this mass outbreak is going to take some time for Arizona State to get back onto the field. He doesn't think they're actually going to be able to work out until... Uh, next week, like latter part of next week, which is in the lead up to the Utah game. So he is of the belief that this game may not be played. So the first things first is, yes, there's a potential for an open date for the University of Utah that weekend. If Arizona State, that mass outbreak yields that they have to cancel their game. They've already canceled this week's game uh, for the Sun Devils, so it could see happen there. Second thing that he writes, there needs to be a pact of allowance for this to happen. And he quotes the two tweets we talked about yesterday from Kyle Bonagura from ESPN, Burton Hanks saying, quote, we'll certainly take a look, I'd imagine, at potential non-conference games. And then he also quoted Rick George, the Colorado AD, said who they would look at any and all opportunities to play this weekend. And then Kyle Bonagura yesterday also tweeting out that Colorado coach Carl Durrell said he would prefer to play a non-conference game on short notice than no game at all. Of course, the Buffaloes are 2-0. and He told his team that is one possibility, but nothing definitive on likelihood of that happening. And you know what? You'd have to have the Pac-12 sign off of it. There's no doubt about that. And who knows if Larry Scott and the other big wigs at their corporate offices, their headquarters out there in San Francisco are going to open this opportunity. But the nice part is this is not Utah advocating for this. This is not BYU advocating for this. This is Colorado. They want to play a game. They're 2-0. They smell blood in the water. They want to get after it. Carl Durrell's off to a decent start as a first-year head coach re-entering the conference, and he wants to have his team play. If at all possible, as I said yesterday, BYU should chase this, and especially if you have an opportunity to play your rival on Thanksgiving weekend, maybe this week opens that door. And then number three, the logistics from Ryan Kosteka here, saying that while the question hasn't been asked, it should be noted that both coaching staffs were extremely upset when the game for this season was originally canceled, and I can tell you that much. BYU, their staff down there, they really did want to play the original schedule. They were hoping to get one over on Utah finally, break that streak, and have it end at nine games. But if you have an opportunity to do it now, why not take it? And I know that there's going to be a lot of people out there who say, well, BYU is going to take a chance against a team that's beaten them for well over a decade at this point. 
I get that. You are taking that chance, but the nice part is, is if Utah needs an op- excuse me, if Utah needs an a game, who better than your rival who's forty five minutes south? They're in the same state. They can travel north by bus. They can be as safe as possible. They could quarter away at their home field, drive up for the game, and drive right back. You don't have to worry about putting them up in a hotel, et cetera, if you don't want to. And this game can be played. We all know that the state of Utah shuts down for this game, and I guarantee it would shut down once again if they were able to match up. So Ryan Kosteka, I tip my cap to you. It's a great article. He has no idea that I'm even talking about this. I guarantee it. But I thought it was a great piece, and I think it made a very good argument for potential of the Holy War being played after all this year. Of course, there's a lot of moving parts to it. You got to get the Pac-12 to sign off in the first place to get that game rolling. But if it's at all possible, I'm an advocate for BYU to chase the opportunity to do so. I really like this BYU football team, and I know those players are chomping at the bit to keep playing. We talked with them during media availability yesterday. We'll get some of those comments here later this week. Also get some more today and tomorrow during offensive and defensive days, respectively. And I can tell you what, they want to play football. They don't care about the opponent. They just want to go out and play the game they love. They've played eight games this year. They're ranked number eight in the country. They're riding high. And I don't think there's much that would bring them down. And I think they would all be game to play their rival in Utah or essentially any game that's out there potentially from the Pac-12. And like I said, there's a lot of moving parts to this. But where there's smoke, I think there's a little bit of fire. And we'll see if it ultimately becomes that roar of a blaze that can get BYU a game against a Pac-12 team and potentially a rivalry game against the University of Utah. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Go, guys. I love this product. I would encourage you guys to check it out. The best part about Built Go is it's the solution to breaking through whatever walls might be holding you back, whether they're mental, physical, no matter what they are, Built Go wants to be part of the solution for you guys. What Built Go is, it's an easy-to-take supplement that is a 1.5-ounce package. It's a gel that has all kinds of great benefits for you guys. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like the five-hour energy without the same crash feeling afterwards. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for you and your body. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results, guys. It is a fantastic way to break through your doldrums that you may find. I'm a guy who wakes up very early for my radio job. Mid-afternoons are tough for me. I feel like I'm running out of juice. I'm running low on energy. Built Go has been a big part of helping me power through and get the things done to done I'd need to do each day. It's loaded with good stuff to ignite your work. Beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. And then it kicks in with the B6, the B12 vitamins to make sure that you have that long-lasting energy, guys. It's a fantastic option for you guys, like I have said, to break through those walls that may be holding you back. It promotes joint, soft tissue, and skin health, guys. The stuff makes you look better. It's a fantastic product. I would encourage you guys to check it out. You can go to BuiltGo.com to learn more about it. And also, while you're there, use the promo code LOCKED. That's L-O-C-K-E-D. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, use the promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go with BuiltGo. All right, guys, it's a hashtag Twitter Tuesday here on the podcast, answering your questions you send in on social media, particularly on Twitter. That's what we just called it, hashtag Twitter Tuesday. But real quick, a shout out to Jordan Kennard. He was the first person to send me the link to the Ryan Kosteka story about the BYU-Utah game being a possibility. So, Jordan, thanks for listening. Thanks for reaching out. 
Always good to hear from you, my friend, and appreciate you sending that in. All right, let's get to your guys' questions now. I think some good ones that came in. First things first, we had a question that came in from Keith Wilson, and he's at The Real Keith, asking any word on Lopini Katoa's injury. I will have more on this for you, Keith, tomorrow. Everything I was told in the immediate aftermath of the injury for Lopini when he got injured at Boise State is it was not as seriously as originally feared when you watched it happen on the field in real time. It did not look good. Look, he might have his knee twisted up, and immediately you're like, oh, no, did he just tear an ACL or another ligament in his knee? It sounds like, based on what I heard, it was more of an ankle injury, but and he should be back. I don't know if he'll play this week against South Alabama, uh, not South Alabama, North Alabama, but I think he will be good by the time San Diego State games, the San Diego State game comes along. And hey, if you have a Utah game, I guarantee that kid will be up for it. He grew up in American Fork. That kid knows this rivalry, and I'm sure he'd be happy to participate in it. So I'll have more for you, Keith, as I learn more. But it sounds like the bye week is pretty well spent, all things considered, in terms of the health of the team for the Cougars. And that's a positive sign. I think you want to see this team stay healthy, get healthy, using that bye week to get healthy. And hopefully, like I said, stay healthy here down the stretch run of the season. So thanks for reaching out, Keith. A great question there. Other questions that rolled in, Landon Sorensen, he reached out and said, what are the odds of BYU landing Jackson Dart? And Dart, if you don't know, is of course the star quarterback for Corner Canyon High School. A four-star prospect has just been lights out. He'll be leading his team, looking for another state title for Corner Canyon this coming weekend when they face off against the Lone Peak Knights. Should be an absolute classic, I feel like, on paper when those two square off. But the question is not about my pick for that game. It's about BYU's chances of landing Jackson Dart. Everything I've heard is that Dart is seriously considering BYU, uh, Landon. I don't know what that means in particular, considering he's got offers from the likes of USC, Arizona State, and I'm sure there'll be more coming in with time. And he's just a great player. There's no doubt about it. He is a more highly rated prospect than Zach Wilson. We all know the story of Zach Wilson. He's kind of underrated, but Jackson Dart, similar to him, has just had a meteoric rise, especially in the recruiting rankings. Zach really helped set the stage for a guy like Jackson Dart to capitalize on the platform that Zach created there. And I I really like BYU's chances if he decides to stay in state. I'll say this, Landon. If Jackson Dart decides he wants to play college football in the state of Utah, so long as the University of Utah does not get in the mix, because of course his father played at the U, Similar to Zach Wilson, there's a lot of parallels to these two situations. But if he decides he wants to stay home and play in the state of Utah, and Utah does not offer him, which they have essentially shown no inclination that they're going to, he's going to go to BYU. I don't see him going anywhere else. But of course, there are offers from around the Pac-12, USC, uh, Arizona State, etc. There's going to be a lot of competition for him, but I do think BYU will be in the mix for the entire run until he makes his intentions known. So thanks for reaching out, Landon. Next one, at Bitter BYU Fan. A great name, by the way, Bitter BYU Fan. He says, BYU's ranked in eighth in both polls currently. Of course, the college football playoff rankings have seemed harder on the non-traditional programs. If BYU wins big this weekend, what is your best guess at BYU's first appearance in the CFP rankings? I'm thinking 9 or 10. Your thoughts? Well, thanks for reaching out. And of course, the college football playoff rankings are the ones that we worry about the most. I said yesterday on the podcast, as long as you stay in the top 12, you're pr- traditionally always going to be guaranteed. Okay, traditionally, you have been guaranteed, is what I should say, a spot in the uh, New Year's Six Bowl games. The AP Top 12 always has differences with the college football playoff rankings. I get that. There are more people voting, etc., and it's not a committee, etc. But I do think 
the BYU, they should be inside the top 10 when the college football playoff rankings come out. I like where you kind of pegged it, bitter BYU fan, at 9 or 10. That's kind of where I'm leaning to. I wouldn't imagine the BYU, okay, I could see them checking in at number 10 it, this coming week when those first CFP rankings come out. The issue is when those next two set of rankings come out as it stands for the Cougars, they're not going to have any other games that they have played at that point. How will that affect the college football playoff committee? Have they been watching BYU throughout the season? You would think so, but have they been watching intently and understand what BYU is all about? That is the worry if you're a Cougar fan about the college football playoff committee. Have they been their typical paying attention to the Power 5 group that they traditionally are? Well, their tradition is that they've done that. And like you said, traditionally, they haven't been very kind to the G5 or the non-Power 5 teams who are in the rankings. I think BYU, I'm going to guess probably 10 in that initial ranking. My concern is, though, like I said, the next two set of those rankings, how much will that affect BYU and their chances with the college football playoff committee? It's just an interesting situation BYU finds themselves in. I'm hopeful the college football playoff committee really sees what I think many people see in BYU, and that is a good football program led by a superstar quarterback, a Heisman dark horse, who has legit aspirations of being one of the greats of BYU. And this offense is fun as hell, guys. It's just, it's great offense to watch go play football. And I think that's what I think the college football playoff committee, if they have any sense to them, they have any brains in their head, I feel like, they'll realize, you know what? This is an attractive football program. Of course, BYU is a traditional power. They've been a national story for well over four decades under Lavelle Edwards. They have a national cachet. We're all seeing with their meteoric rise through the rankings off to an 8-0 start. You would think that's good enough for the college football playoff committee to think, you know what? This is a team on paper that is capable and worthy of inclusion in the New Year's Six, but until we see some evidence of that with those original set of rankings that come out, better BYU fan, I guess we'll never know. But I like where you're standing. I'm going to say number 10 is where I'm going to peg BYU starting. Hope they are higher than that, but we'll find out. Uh, Glenn Hansen reaching out at ghansen 25 says, Who are one or two teams that BYU could realistically add to the schedule if they do add any? I think any team that the Pac-12 has cancel a game and they don't have a corresponding opponent that works out to play them on short notice, BYU should be absolutely be in the mix. It's an easy travel from Provo to anywhere in the Pac-12 footprint. I said this on yesterday's podcast. I feel like I'm rehashing half of yesterday's show, but it's still relevant. It really is. I would tell the Pac-12, you need us, let us know as soon as possible, and we will be on the plane. Kalani Satake yesterday said he'd like to hear on a Monday at the latest to get his team ready. He felt like he needed three or four days to get his team ready. Zach Daw yesterday said, oh man, you give me four days, I'm good. I really only need one day in pads, one walkthrough, and we can go play football. These are young men who love playing this sport, and I think that they would do everything that they could do to play as many games as possible. So I I would like to see any team in the Pac-12, if Marshall or Liberty, some of these other teams out there that have some openings that appears on the coming weekends that correspond with BYU's openings, sure, go ahead and chase it. But I don't think a Marshall or a Liberty is going to be too keen on coming out to Provo to get their heads kicked in or having BYU kick their heads in regardless of where you play and ruin a good season for themselves. Obviously, BYU runs that risk of ruining their own season to a degree by losing a game because all of a sudden the naysayers feel like they have been justified in their naysaying. Is that a 
Can you say that? I don't know, but I'm saying it anyways. You know what I mean? But it's just very interesting to see here. And then a couple of the questions here that kind of follow in the same vein. Uh, Matt at M Staples five says, do you feel like it is smart for Tom to schedule same week games after Monday? Are we going to schedule more games? I'll tell you what, Matt, I think BYU will pursue opportunities. And with the, talk in the Pac-12 of them potentially opening up to non-conference games, I feel like more than ever, and this is just my gut feeling, I don't have inside sources on this yet. Maybe I will at some point, but I don't have them yet. I feel like BYU will pursue opportunities to play Pac-12 games. I think they get that these are regional opponents who have a lot of interest for their fans for both sides. Uh, The Pac-12 teams, they know BYU. BYU fans know Pac-12 it's a, I think it's a fantastic fit. So if you can find those games, go get it. But do you think, and the question he also has, is it smart for Tom to schedule same week games after Monday, uh, Tuesday, maybe at the very, very latest, I feel like would be the optimal, I guess, announcement time for a game and then go play it on a Saturday, hopefully a Saturday night to give yourself a little extra time. But I think Tuesday would be the very latest you'd want to do that. You're not going to have uh, the Pac-12 call you up on a Friday, I don't think, and say, hey, can you guys play tomorrow? I just don't think that would be very wise uh, for BYU to accept such a uh, condition as that. But, hey, if you can find out early on, uh, we saw what Arizona State-Colorado was announced over the weekend. That game's canceled for this coming weekend. In that situation, were it to play out the way I see it working out, BYU finds out that that game's been canceled already. They get on the horn with the people involved, ESPN, all the big players, the Pac-12 office, etc., and say, hey, you let us know by Monday, Tuesday at the very latest, Tuesday in the morning, and we're happy to play that game if you want us to, and then you wait and see what happens. I think the BYU just needs to make a standing offer to the Pac-12 that if you have a game that you think is going to be canceled, announce it as soon as possible, and then get us on the horn. And we're happy to fill in. We're happy to go play that game because I think that there's some concern for BYU. Should they go and screw things up for themselves, it'd be an issue. But I do think that these are guys who just want to go play football, and that's the biggest thing. Uh, One final question here from B. McGarry at McGarry15. He says, I have been a fan who wants to see BYU play anyone at any time. But this year, I don't know. Would playing a Pac-12 team really help them? Do they gain as much as they might lose if they lost the game? That's a very valid question. And uh, Mr. McGarry, if I'm, I'm assuming when we call you, I don't know your first name. I'm assuming it's B something. But Mr. McGarry, I think you make a very valid point. BYU, you go and play a Pac-12 team. This is a Power 5 team who has, in theory, Power 5 athletes. And if they beat you, like I said, the naysayers all of a sudden feel like they have been justified in calling BYU for being soft and being the product of a soft schedule, etc. I'm convinced this is a very good BYU team. I feel like at least half of the Pac-12 would, even if BYU goes on the road, the Cougars would be a road favorite, at least half. That's my personal opinion. There are teams like USC, like an Oregon. I don't think you're going to get those games if you're BYU. But if you can pick off a Colorado, if you can pick off Oregon State, hell, if you can pick off Utah, you go do it. I would play those games. I I want to see this team prove themselves. I think this is a team who is more than capable of beating most teams put in front of them. I want to see them prove it. And if it comes to be an option, go for it. Play the game. Let the chips fall where they may. And you know what? In all honesty, if you were to go 10-1 and one this season, it's still a great season. I understand that the New Year's 6 carrot is out there. I get that. And, of course, that would be heights that BYU has not reached in some time. 
but I want to see the Cougars prove themselves on the field. And you know what? Of course, a proving ground will be in the New Year's Six Bowl game. I get that part of it. But I'd still like to see BYU just go out and prove it and really solidify themselves in the eyes of the college football playoff committee and many others who have not fully bought into the Cougars. You go to be a Pac-12 team on the road. I think a lot of people are going to sit up and say, okay, yeah, this team's pretty good. And that's that's just my gut feeling on it. But you may disagree. And I, I think you've got a valid, valid argument there that you need to be very careful and tiptoe a very thin line if you're BYU. All right, we will catch up on a couple of the news and notes involving BYU sports here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, if you guys are interested in advertising to a unique audience, I'd be happy to have you guys work with us here on Locked On Cougars. We've worked with big companies, small companies. We're capable of scaling to size to fit whatever you need. But I can promise you this. You will find a unique audience here on the Locked On Cougars podcast that reaches thousands of BYU fans, both here along the Wasatch Front in the state of Utah, even nationwide, and in some cases, an international audience. We have listeners from all over listening to this show. So if you have a product and a, a, a service you're trying to get out, be happy to work with you guys. Very competitive rates, and we want to help you guys have advertising success in the podcast sphere. It's a very tricky environment to navigate and have success with with advertising but i can tell you what the locked on podcast network our sales team can help lead you to advertising success and i'd love to represent you and or your company here on the podcast so if you are interested in doing so feel free to email us locked on byu at gmail.com is the email address we'll get back to you work with you and hopefully have you guys working with us here on the locked on cougars podcast all right, guys, as you go out the door here on this Tuesday edition of the show, let's talk about a new offer that we have found out about yesterday via social media, and that is Bryson Reeves. He is from Southern California, La Cunata, California, and he plays at St. Francis High School down there. And this is a kid, I'm telling you folks, I'm quite impressed by watching his film. Uh, yesterday, he said, after a talk with Coach Guilford, speaking of BYU cornerbacks, Coach Gennaro Guilford, I am blessed to say I've re- I have received an offer from BYU. And he tagged a bunch of people in it. But I'll tell you what, watching Bryson Reeves' film, this is a kid who plays both receiver and defensive back at the high school level. And if Coach Guilford's offering him, it means that he probably is going to end up as a cornerback, if not a safety or some such, essentially playing in the defensive backfield for BYU. And I think it's a fantastic offer. He's a long-rangey athlete, has a lot of long levers. It's kind of reminiscent to me of a guy like Chris Wilcox, but I'll tell you what, Bryson Reeves is a much more polished product than a guy like Chris Wilcox was. Wilcox has turned himself into an NFL prospect. Bryson Reeves, he's played defensive back. That's something Wilcox never did in high school. Uh, of course, Reeves is a six foot three athlete, 185 pounds, according to 24-7 Sports. He's got offers from the likes of Boise State, Vanderbilt, Colorado State, etc. He's got some big-time offers in the crystal ball prediction from 24-7 Sports, where they kind of predict where guys are going to go, has Vanderbilt as the leader for his services. But it's very interesting to me, as we have heard about BYU and their limited class this year, about them offering a guy this late in the, pro- in the process. I don't think uh, this is an offer that you just throw out there. BYU doesn't go about doing that. They believe in the guys that they offer, and they feel like they're going to convert on most of them, if not all of them. That's what they believe in, honestly. This is how BYU recruits. They're not like many programs. They go out and throw a million offers at guys. They really do their homework. They do background checks on these guys. I know background checks probably a strong term, but they talk with guys 
they talk with people around these athletes, family members, teachers, uh, principals in certain cases, head coaches, obviously, of their high school teams. They want to get to know the athlete and know that they will fit at BYU because it's a unique institution. You guys all know this. And I think Bryson Reeves, to see him get an offer this late in the process, means that BYU thinks they have a chance at a young man like this. And we'll see what happens. But he's got a great rating, an 84 rating. It's a solid three-star rating from 24-7 sports. Like I said, you can't teach height at a defensive back. And six foot three, 185 pounds, that's almost the, uh, I guess what you'd call the archetype or the the perfect cornerback that you have in the modern game and we'll see if BYU ultimately can land Bryson Reeves signature but I think this is a great offer for the Cougars to have out there and we'll see if their belief that they can go get a guy like this ultimately plays out the way they hope it does all right that'll do it for this Tuesday edition of the show a big thank you for your guys support of the show it's a blast to hear from you guys all the time we love talking BYU sports on the daily and just having a great time overall I I really really enjoy talking BYU sports it's why I do this podcast every day it gives me an opportunity an outlet to communicate with you guys and as I say often my goal here is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room and that way you and you guys are talking with your family your friends your co-workers around the water cooler if that's still a thing i know a lot of us are working from home but regardless the goal is to make you guys the smartest byu fans out there so follow us on social media facebook instagram and twitter search out the show locked on cougars my personal twitter handle if you have to weigh in there is at jacob c hatch and always is and also you can email the show excuse me by emailing us locked on byu at gmail.com love hearing from you guys and interacting with you guys each and every day. All right, that'll do it. Uh, tomorrow's show, we might do another giveaway for some BYU Nike gear. You has been great sending in your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts, so we may reward you guys, and also we'll get to some sound from Kalani Satake, his players, etc., as we wind closer and closer to BYU in North Alabama getting ready for their game on Saturday afternoon. All right, that'll do it. Thank you again for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for November 17th, 2020, and we will talk to you guys guys manana